This is Safe Cell Chanel, episode 53. If you are new to this podcast, this podcast is dedicated to the different ways I save and sell one day at a time. It's a raw, unedited, uncut audio diary to help share with you some of the ways I save money or make money online. Um, By saving, I save time, money, the environment, or saving our stories. And on selling, I sell on e-commerce or local apps, and I use both of saving and making money to help my debt-free journey. And this is actually going to be my first podcast of 2020. I'm actually really thankful that my PFF, also coworker, TLU celebrity on Poshmark, show her some love, share some items in her closet, brought it up to my attention that actually asked me did I just stop doing podcasts? Like what's going on? But, um, my last podcast was in December 31st, 2019. That was the end of last year and the last decade. And if you haven't listened to that, I would highly recommend you do because it was a really great recap of the last decade. And interestingly enough, the past three months, I haven't been able to do a podcast until today because it has been crazy, crazy busy. If you've listened to my previous podcast, you know that I went to the Philippines and in January, from January 1st, and just there's so many things that have happened in, in this past three months. So we had the, um, the hurricanes, um, I mean, we had the earthquakes in Puerto Rico. We had volcanic eruptions in the Philippines. Actually, as I was on an airplane going back from Japan to Dallas, I had so many notifications because the Taal volcano in the Philippines erupted. And there were a lot of people freaking out to see if I was okay. And what's crazy is that I was there a couple days prior to that eruption, so it really hit home for me, and that is one of the places I would definitely go back, and why I was pushing so much for a lot of fundraisers, because that area uh, around that volcano, um, which is really interesting, it's all volcano inside of a lake, inside of an island, and that island is in front of another island which is surrounded by ocean so it's a lot of layers that come to it and um, I really love the beauty of that area there was a lot of tourism there a lot of people from throughout Asia went there it's a high touristy place around Tagaytay and if you watched my what videos on my youtube.com forward slash save sell Chanel channel I have multiple videos on my Philippines trip, and one of them was my experience visiting two Starbuckses, seeing the wonderful views from there, and I am happy that I was able to see it prior to the eruption, but at the same time, people are cleaning up, bringing them back to where it needs to be because that economy is dependent upon tourism and on local fruits, so there are a lot of people who still need our help. So that was one of the things. And then, of course, you had the port things with Puerto Rico going on. And then, excuse me, um, you had the death of Kobe Bryant. And then now, till today, you have the coronavirus, which has been going on for quite some time. At this point in time, um, it has been considered a state of emergency in the United States. Italy is completely shut down. There have been multiple deaths. And everyone is hoarding toilet paper. 
um, wet wipes and everything. So I don't want this podcast to be one of those podcasts where like it's stressful and um, doomsday like. What I am going to share with you in terms of what happened, um, how I went through the 2009 recession because the economy is tanking because no one's wanting to spend money. Everyone is freaking out. Uh, a lot of people, um, schools are closed. Teachers, my husband was on spring break and now it's been extended. They're doing online classes, but at the same time, people don't want to go outside because of fear and anxiety. But I want to tell you, please read carefully and don't do your due diligence, get the right information, and make sound decisions. Everyone is panicking, and panic creates a lot of problems. So what I do want to mention during this time, because I know a lot of you listen to me, you are resellers, because of the fear, a lot of people are not shopping online. In addition, people don't know if um, a lot of people are actually getting laid off in the oil and gas industry because it has been so slow. And um, unfortunately, I do have a lot of friends who have been laid off. Luckily, they have savings, which is another reason why it's important to have that emergency fund or have multiple streams of income at all times. And that's one of the videos that I put on one of my second or third videos that I put on my YouTube channel when I said, you know, it is essential to always have a second stream of income because you never know what is going to happen. People get so used to having a job that One day anything could happen and if you are not diversifying, whether you are a full-time reseller, if you are are really dependent on one platform, you're really shortchanging yourself. As of right now, I had, um, last week I had multiple sales. I had sales on Depop, eBay, Poshmark, but the thing is that I wouldn't have had all of those sales had I not diversified. And for me, the platforms of choice have always been eBay, Poshmark, Mercari, and Depop. The reason being those are the most easy platforms for me to use. And because I do cross post, it's easier for me to make sure that if there are any glitches within those apps, that I'm able to see it right away. Now, the biggest problem that I have is the ability to have a really high active listing. With having a day job and having all of the social media, whether it's podcasts, my YouTube, my Instagram. I also was recently featured on other blogs and Instagram pages. And also last week I went, um, I'm a lot more active in NAWIC, which is the National Association of Women in Construction. I went to multiple, multiple events. And I'm going to talk about that later, about trying to see if you are freaked out or you're laid off, if there are any free trade Um, programs in your area where they will train you to learn a new trade because in construction we are so desperate for new people that we we will there are some organizations that will give you free training so that you in the hopes that you will become an electrician a plumber or whatnot and then continuously help them and have another person work on a lot of projects but I'm going to talk about later on in this project right now I want to talk about different ways that I mentioned in one of my previous videos of how I make extra money every single day. Now, the first one that I mentioned was e-commerce is one of them. Like I said, I sell on multiple platforms. The question is, a lot of people ask me, well, what do you sell? Mostly, I sell clothing. And the reason being is I try to keep my cost of goods to about 
$5 or less. Unless it's a really, really, really good buy and I know my ROI is going to be high, um, I usually don't spend a lot of money. And the reason being is that I um, don't have the time to research enough and I usually get my cost of goods, either I'm getting them for free or I'm getting them for really affordable deals. And my, for me and how my business plan works, it may not work for everyone because everyone has a business model. You have to figure out what works best for you. I personally have a lot of inventory. I've went shopping and my husband and I used to go up to go to garage sales or thrift stores um, and I have a lot of really good vintage items too, but they're currently in my garage. Whenever I go to garage sales, I do buy a lot of items and it's on a range, a range of vintage toys. So that's one of my biggest things. I sell a lot of that on eBay. Um, it's the nostalgia. When there's times of prosperity, millennials will buy those toys that they had when they were a kid and then that's fine. Um, the essentials are going to be clothing. Now, that's also the reason why I keep my clothing at a reasonable range or price point. That's my business model because I do want things to constantly move within all of my feeds. And the reason being it just creates more attraction, I guess, or traction to the whether it's my eBay, my Poshmark, my Depop, Mercari, that, that people are looking at me and that boosts the algorithm a little bit more. So that's why I have a mix of low to high item, high-end items because I know the high-end items, which is great um, to always have, but you're not going to hit a home run every single time. It is essential to have middle to high, at least for me, to have some consistent sales. Now, don't just spend $8 to get like $2 back. For me, that doesn't make any sense. But for me, I'm getting stuff from garage sales, from Facebook Marketplace. I used to use OfferUp, LetGo, 5 Miles. Now with the whole situation of a lot of people don't want to go out, don't want to spend money, that's perfectly fine. Another way that you can sell if you're unsure about what's going on or how to sell online, you can also use Instagram. Instagram is a really great way to get the word out on the items that you're selling and to really cut out the middleman. Now for me, I don't really do as many Instagram sales. And the reason why I don't push Instagram very much is because of the possibility of scammers. And honestly, I really prefer, even though these platforms like eBay, Poshmark, Depop, Mercari are taking percentage of my sales, I'd much rather go through them and get that label and not have the headache. And you know, they already negotiated pricing for some of the items and for the shipping costs and I'm much rather go through them because it's usually more affordable than me having to go directly through USPS or navigate whether FedEx is cheaper and it just creates less of a hassle for me. That's not to say that I completely cut off Instagram. I have sold things um, throughout the years through Instagram. I've had people DM me and ask, show me a picture of a certain look that they're having. I'll go shopping for them and then buy some thrifted items and then see if that's exactly what they're looking for. Now, so that's another way that I'm not, I'm also doing like, I guess you could say virtual personal styling or customized styling. That's why social media is important because by you showing your personal style and your looks, people are willing to reach out to you and say, hey, would you be willing to do X, Y, and Z? 
Um, and then you can create a customized plan for the people who are following you on social media. So that goes on to the platforms that I sell on, the items that I sell. Now, if you're a brand, 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 brand new to reselling and you're like freaking out because let's say you've been laid off, but you have a lot of gorgeous stuff in your home, I'm going to recommend that you do a couple things. If you are willing to start listing and posting, I recommend starting on Poshmark or Mercari if you have clothing, accessories in your home. If you have toys or um, just random knickknacks, I would recommend starting on Mercari. And I'm recommending these two platforms um, specifically because they're so user-friendly. And if you're going to download the Poshmark app, use my code GLITTER, G-L-I-T-T-E-R underscore associates, A-S-S-O-C, and you will get a $10 credit towards your first purchase. And I re really appreciate um, whenever you use my referral code on Poshmark. I do have a playlist on my youtube.com forward slash save sell Chanel channel. And it has um, the Posh and Sips that I've gone to, different information, how to get started on Poshmark, and just general information there. I know I haven't really had the time. My current videos have been more focused on uploading videos in regards to my parents' 50th wedding anniversary. And the reason for that um, was they didn't have a, enough money to get a videographer. And I had the means to record it. So I wanted them to be able to have that moment. And the best way I could record or upload such huge files was through my YouTube channel. So please bear with me. I do have more content that's focused on saving time, money, the environment, saving our stories, supporting local. Um, this year I wanted to focus on Thrift Tips Thursday, which was uh, collaborating with local, uh, local shops to see how they would style certain people. Um, but I haven't gotten there because I still have so much content that I need to edit. I'm going to a lot of events, but unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know however you want to say it, this coronavirus has actually been a blessing in disguise. Every single week, I have almost had something to do from the beginning of the year until now. I went to Houston for the last Posh and Sip event. They're hosted by Posh Chronicles. Make sure you follow her because she does amazing custom Poshmark decor designs and she'll even create custom Posh and Sip accessories, which I have reached out to her multiple times for my own Posh and Sip events. So give her, just throw your ideas out. She is so creative. She will do something custom for your style, your party, and the number of people within a price point that you're comfortable with. Now, I do want to mention that we went to Thread Up Basement and in Pasadena Mall. I haven't had a chance to upload it on my um, Instagram or my blog or YouTube. The reason being was that I originally wanted to do a long, lengthy post on my SaveSellChanel.com blog as to why the concept of Thread Up Basement would be the saving grace for malls that are dying. Now, I want to mention that Thread Up was when I went to that mall I was originally concerned that it was closed like it was it was like a ghost town and when I walked around it this was the epitome of a mall that was really I the the ones you would see in the 80s and 90s that was just so stuck most places were closed is very sporadic as to what was open and there 
the store was um, thread up and it was located where it was Palais Royale and they had different, um, they call them Gaylords where you had just piles and piles or you can call them pallets, whatever you want to call them. But they had, they were stuffed with different clothes, accessories. And so what happens with thread up, if you're unfamiliar with thread up, it is similar to like sending in your own personal clothes, similar to let's say Plato's Closet, Uptown Cheapskate, clothes mentor where you would actually physically go to a shop with thread up you're going to mail in your um, items you get a label they give you money um, you either decide to donate it to them or pay money to receive the items back and then you can track your um, your benefits through there um, personally for me I haven't sold directly to thread up because I just don't have the time for that and I wanted to go not look into what Thread Up Basement was, the logic. I wanted to go there with fresh eyes, completely ignorant, so that I could have the perspective of what their game plan is. And I am coming from this from a person who had over 11 years of retail experience, uh, most of which was actually being a retail manager, helping with merchandising, helping with sales, and really looking at things and how to maximize um, placement of items and your square foot of sales um, because that is really essential. Now the space that they had that they occupied was very large especially for that mall. There were mostly women's items and men's items. Um, the shoes, the range, let me pull up some pictures because I do have pictures of the event. So I'm going to let you know how much the cost was. Um, pulling up the pictures. So I believe, I don't want to give misinformation, so that's why I'm pulling up the cost of everything. One second. Where is it? Okay, I'm not sure what that is. When in doubt, if you are running out of room on your phone, Especially all of you iPhone users. I am an Android girl. Not saying anything bad. I'm just saying use Google Photos to upload your photos because without it, I wouldn't have been able to. I have like almost 20,000 items on my Google Photos. So, and I have plenty of space there. So I would recommend you use that. Especially if you're limited on um, memory on your phone. And it doesn't cost anything. Just create a Google account and... Um, connect your photos to it. Okay, where is it? Where did I go? And not only that, it was a good experience because um, I went to Houston and I was going to, I was go pretty much going through memory lane, <clears throat> excuse me, um, because I hadn't been there with my husband in years and we went to the hotel that I used to work at, which was Sonesta ES Suites right there by the Houston Galleria Mall. And afterwards we walked around the Galleria Mall and that's where I used to work at the Godiva store and Banana Republic Petite store, which is no longer there. Um, but it was a good experience. Okay, so now I got the pictures. So it says startup basement, everyday apparel $2.99, shoes and bags are $7.99 a piece. Okay, so in terms of the price point, if you're shopping for yourself, it's decent. For $2.99, you really have to, I would really go to a thread up basement for the apparel, um, particularly for shoes for $7.99. That's a lot of money for me personally, because I can get shoes 
of higher quality at Goodwill or the Goodwill bins. And Goodwill bins are usually so much cheaper and have really good deals. There are other places you can source other thrift stores, especially during their, um, like, Thrift City or Thrift Town when they have their color of the week or they're 75% off. So for me, $7.99 for bags and shoes was a little steep considering that the brands were not that great. The brands were like Steve Madden or even Target brands and apparel. So I have some something to say about the apparel for what was mostly in the thread up basement. Most of the apparel were like Target brands, Old Navy very mall brands or accessible brands. Keep in mind the people that are getting most of the clothing from are people who are clearing out their closet. So they're just, you know, they don't want to walk to a store. They don't want to do any of that. They don't want to wait. So they'll just compile a box, fill it as is, and send it to thread up. And as a result, you're going to get a lot of random pieces. I was really disappointed in the fact that some people actually sent in items that still had the Goodwill tags on them, which it's ridiculous. Okay, if you're if you're going to be doing that, like you're you're a hot mess. Um, but for the most part, yes, they weren't like the highest brands that I would pick and choose. I did spend about $40 on myself though because I was really looking for purple tops or purple dresses to wear now that I am part of the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network of San Antonio where I do help coordinate the Purple Stride Walk to End Pancreatic Cancer which will be on November 7th. But that's mainly, I didn't find very many items to source. I did find a John Deere hat which in the past I've sold multiple um, and the hats were $1.99. But other than that, I didn't find very many items. What was really good about that Poshin, um, Poshin Thrift event with other um, Poshmark sellers in the Houston area was that everyone was trying to help each other out. Like, what size are you looking for? Are there certain brands you're looking for? Um, I love the fact that there were tables next to those bins so that you could really lay everything out, see if it's something you liked. The managers were so helpful trying to navigate or explain how everything works at the store. Showed different techniques on how to properly shop. They really encouraged you to buy items there. So that was really great on their part. I do want to mention, this is, this is the reason why I really hoped that this thread up would have been successful, especially at that location. And the reason being is because they had a good foundation. The space was great. The price points were reasonable, especially when it came to apparel, because there were some items, especially like leather coats, they were still $2.99. So if you're shopping for yourself or your family, because they had kids, they had men's, they had women's. If you're shopping for your family and you just need basics and you don't want to spend $40 to $50, I was able to get a really cool rustic leather jacket for myself to for only $2.99. So something like that, that is a huge opportunity for you to save money when it comes to your own closet. And if you're just trying to get a consistent rotating closet, I recommend using all of these other platforms that I've already told you, whether it's through e-commerce or selling it locally through Facebook Marketplace or Let Go, Offer Up, Five Miles. There's so many apps that you can sell your items. And I just want you to know that you're not stuck. Now, I'm going to go into how I feel that they need to have more thread-up basements, especially in malls, that are not doing well. And here's the reason why. 
For that mall, it was so dated, it was so empty, and yet people still want a place to go so that they can have some pride um, about their community. And when you start seeing malls that are getting older, not being taken care of very well, very empty and ghost town-like, if you get something modern like ThreadUp that has a following, that has more brand awareness maybe compared to all of these mom and pop shops that are struggling in a mall, at least you'll get people to shop at the mall. For a lot of the people who went to that Posh and a Sip event, most of them just went to the entrance of that department, whereas I got lost and walked through the mall itself. If we had more people who went and walked through the mall, had more traction, then you build business in that mall. The biggest thing though, and I knew it was going to be a big problem, was that they were not pumping enough awareness about that that location to exist. And when you keep relying on people on social media to do that, then you're not going to be set up for success. For a location of that size, there really should have been more of a positive spin on how this could be beneficial, not only for um, resellers, but mostly for the people who are just trying to get a good deal. When you are shopping at a mall like that, the amount of items available compared to, let's say, a Goodwill, a Texas Thrift, if you're shopping in an environment that's exciting, that the people are trying to help you, that, that doesn't exist at a lot of places. Most thrift stores nowadays don't want people to, especially resellers, to go to their store. All the prices are hyped up. There's a lot of hostility depending on where you go. And when you have an abundance of clothing and that you're trying to get rid of, such as that thread up basement, there was a whole section just filled with pallets that needed to be put out. When you have an abundance like that, there are so many things that you can do to make it more family friendly. And one of the things that I would recommend would probably be a similar to the posh and thrift, but like a girl's night out or a family day and, you know, where you have associates help you out. You get like maybe um, one item for free or you get 5% off your purchase, something like that. Yes, you're already getting something affordable, but right now, if people have no idea that you exist, then no one's going to be shopping there at all. So that was one of the biggest things where I felt that they were thread up felt short was the lack of marketing exposure because it shouldn't be where people who are resellers are marketing for you. You should rebuild the culture of why it's exciting to shop at thread up basement. What's the concept of going there? How are you helping the environment? You can combine both of those things, which has been my platform for such a long time. You can save your money. You can help save the environment and find something that sparks joy in your life. There needs to be more mirrors. That was my biggest thing is like I had to search for mirrors because I didn't know if something would look good on me. Um, there were also, I don't think there were fitting rooms there either. So it was really difficult to see whether or not this was going to fit me. Um, I just put it over my clothes, um, but the space was huge. So you could pick and choose, you know, what, where have your own designated area and go through the clothes. But there was so much clothing. You could definitely spend, spend so many hours there alone. And, um, but overall, I think at the thread up basement, if it was executed better and then if it had better marketing and better brand awareness, pumping it out and then letting people know like, oh, this is only so much 
this is only a certain minute drive from the Galleria Mall, say more, it's like something like that. If you're, if you're trying to get people to shop and get better deals for the basics that they need for work, you know, especially right now when the oil and gas industry is really slow, people still want to get new clothes for that new job or potentially, you know, they're losing weight. This would have been a great opportunity to help that store boom because people need clothing but they need to be budget friendly. And especially with the coronavirus, people are freaking out about that. That doesn't mean that you, you know, just say like, hey, why don't you just bring your own gloves? Why not? This becomes one of those things where you help each other. And um, it's all about educating one another. So that's why when I found out that thread up basement in Pasadena shut down. I was actually very, very disappointed because there was a lot of potential there. But because the only people that were there were our posh and sit people, I didn't feel like they had enough exposure. And because of the people walking in the mall, they're so used to just going in, seeing racks. If there isn't a sign or something that really explains the concept of doing good in the environment, this is how the cost works with pictures, then you're going to be at a loss for how things work. And the reason being, they had pictures on top of the room of what the apparel is, basement everyday shoes and bags, and some pictures throughout the different um, store. But ideally what you should be doing is having pictures that explain how things work. And the reason why I push that, especially in a city like Houston, where most people, they actually don't speak English, but they can visualize things by seeing pictures on how things work. When you start having these language barriers, especially when you have your main clientele, maybe people who are just immigrated here and would be perfect for, for what you are trying to sell, if they have no idea what's going on, they're like, is this a trash dump? Like, I don't get what this is. Are they just digging through the trash? If you were in a physical mall and people have no idea what the concept is or how to properly shop and they like hear the manager on the PA speaking English and there is a language barrier, then yeah, they're just going to walk in and walk out, which was something that happened multiple times while I was there and sourcing. And that was one of the biggest, the saddest things because, oh, sorry, I dropped you. And that was one of the saddest things because it was actually multiple families. So there there would have been enough for a mom shopping with her mother and shopping with her daughter, shopping with her husband, for each of those people to at least get one thing that they liked and enjoyed. But because they just didn't understand what was going on, they just walked in and walked out. And that's the same thing for retail in general. Retail is so difficult to gain customers. And when I worked in retail about five years ago, the struggle was real. So I don't know what it's like now, unless they have merged technology with the ability to purchase clothing and really elevated that customer experience through one-on-one interaction. That's why a lot of these retail stores are closing. Um, And unfortunately, a lot of the stores that, like I stated, my Godiva kiosk was closed, my Banana Republic Petite store was closed, my old um, Banana Republic store at North Star Mall was closed. Unless you start finding your place in how people's shopping habits are, or if you if they have some brand awareness, unless you're figuring that out and you are figuring out how to even... There's so many brands now, especially through social media, that 
uh, frankly, unless a customer is actively seeking you, if you are not making a sound on social media, no one cares about your existence. And I know that sounds terrible and shallow, but even if you are one of the high-end brands, you still have some social media presence, and that's great. But personally, there's a lot of evolution that needs to happen with the retail industry, and it's slowly but surely happening. I know that they are trying to do more environmentally friendly clothing, plastic-based, whatever. But really, the sustainability should be based on properly figuring out your data models to see what is trending. You cannot keep doing stuff that was applicable in the 90s to what is happening in 2020. There are more uh, there are people who are more aware of what they are buying, where they want to spend their money. And if you're constantly focused on a business model that's stuck in the 90s, you are not going to do well. And the reason being, the younger generations are more mindful about the environment, more mindful about their um, their spending habits. They want to get experiences over possessions. The people are going towards tiny homes as if it's cool. No, it's very rare now that I want, I see people who want huge homes, myself included. My home is, for my husband and I, we only have a 1,200 square foot home, three bedrooms, two and a half baths. Like, that's a lot of space for us. And the reason being... Is we for a long time we lived in a 400 square foot apartment. When you live in a small space and you upgrade to a 1200 square foot apartment, that feels like a mansion to you. But not only that, think about the cost of keeping up with a larger home. Everyone wants a large home to show off to someone else. That's fine, that's great. But if you're not using those different rooms in your home, you are wasting real estate. And it's just not, for me, it doesn't make any sense. You can take the money that you are saving and put it towards something else, whether it's your investment, whether it's a vacation, whether it's experiences that you are going to have with your family, put your money towards that and not towards a building. I would recommend living within your means as always, instead of trying to keep up with the Joneses. So that was my little rant about retail and keeping up with um, appearances, like who cares? What I do want to mention, though, is that right now, I know people don't want to spend money. They don't want to go out. The next half of this podcast, I do want to talk about surveys. Hold on, I'm going to drink some water. So, okay. During the recession, one of the biggest things that I did, especially since I had a smartphone, was do lots of surveys. Whether you're going to Test America at a mall near you, those are actual physical locations you can go to to take a survey and they will give you a check or sometimes they'll do like perfumes you have to wear for 15 to 30 days and then they'll give you like 15 to 20 dollars or you test out detergent. One, you're getting already free detergent and then you get a lot more money off of that. Recently, I went to Test America and took a survey in regards to um, soaps. So I went in there and then I was given a shopping cart, went down the aisle and picked whatever soaps that I normally would buy during for a one month period and took a cup, answered a couple questions. And then after that, they gave me $10. So, um, I mean, for 30 minutes of my time for $10, I mean, that's great for me. At least for me, that's like, especially it was going on during my lunch break, for sure. I'll go ahead and make that extra $10. The next thing that I want to mention is if you have, if you're pretty much quarantined at home, like you're not making any sales, 
I always use inbox dollars to get the free, like, I mean, it's two cents per email that you open, but there are also surveys on that. I also do swag bucks. Uh, swag bucks is where you get points towards watching videos or searching for stuff online or taking surveys or uploading your receipts. I also use the Quick Thoughts app. I'm always talking about the Quick Thoughts app because uh, my niece is the one who told me about that, but that's the one where I get the most. I've actually, I was actually able to use that app to get money to help me buy my GoPro on Amazon. So the Quick Thoughts app, it's available on Android and um, iPhone. And for me, I get to get Amazon gift cards. Someone mentioned that on their phone, they only get iTunes, but you know, you'd have to check your own phone because I don't, I can't guarantee what you're going to get. Um, but if, since I'm an Android user, I get Amazon gift cards. So just saying, if you're getting iTunes, like cool, I don't, haven't been on iTunes since I was in high school, so I don't even know what's on there. I do want to mention though, that I also use, um, let me look at my phone. There's so many apps that I use, it's getting crazy. So, okay. So I use um, Upside, Get Upside, and it's one of the ways where I get cash back on my gas purchases or food purchases. Um, I'm trying to log in here. Um, so yeah, what you do is you end up looking in the area. They'll tell you how much you'll get cash back. You upload your receipt and then you go from there. The other app that I use is Receipt Pal. It's another app where you just take pictures of receipts and then you get points. And then the rewards, it's for like, let's say for a $5 Amazon e-gift card, you need 2,200 points. And then... Um, if you wanted to get a level three at 17,250 points, you get a $50 Amazon card. So there are different benefits of it, of using that. And then, so that get upside, I'll upload it to get upside, then I'll upload it to receipt pal. And then I'll also upload it to fetch rewards. And then I'll also upload my receipt to I, the Ibotta app if there is anything applicable. And then I also use the um, Shopkick app. So Shopkick, if you do choose to walk around and there are Shopkicks near you, you just walk around, it'll tell you, you'll get points towards gift cards. That's actually how I get a lot of my Sephora gift cards. And you just scan things. I would say that's similar to doing Pokemon Go. It's where you're finding certain items, scanning it, and then just walking and getting your points. So you're still getting exercise, you're getting your points, and you're getting some gift cards towards your next purchase. Um, okay, the biggest one, if you do have time, it is very time consuming. So the Quick Thoughts app, that's really, that's a perfect name for it because that you can get those um, dollar amounts quickly, but if you want to get something that's not an Amazon gift card, and you would much rather get um, like PayPal rewards. I've been using Global Test Market, and that's why I haven't been on it in quite some time. And hold on, let me log in here one second.
guess I got kicked out because it's been a while. But I went to Global Test Market and they've switched to lifepointspanel.com. So I'm going to have to retest this to see whether or not it's still applicable to how it used to work. But before when it used to work, I would um, take surveys and then be able to get PayPal money. And so I would redeem them for like $100 in PayPal funds. So that's another way, but I have to retest it out. So don't quote that. Uh, don't quote me on that. Um, let's see what else. Other ways that you can make money while you're home. So aside from you having a listing party, I would recommend that you upload and cross post as much as you can. You may not have money as soon as possible, but at least stay home and take as many surveys as possible. That is the best thing I can tell you, especially if you're quarantined and you're bored and you have a lot of time to pass. Although this may seem tedious and whatnot, if you have if you have time, then why not? If you have a death pile, if you have all this money pile, please list and cross post as much as you can. There is going to be a lot of time that you have on your hands. And frankly, it's just been crazy how people are constantly acting like over buying stuff and panic buying. Like they are running out of toilet paper paper towels, wet wipes. It's crazy. And for the toilet paper thing, I do want to mention that I thought it was hilarious because in the Philippines, toilet paper is a luxury. Most places, especially in Asia and throughout the world, do not have toilet paper. So I just want to let you know there are other ways to wash yourself. If you haven't seen that Joe Koi video about the tabo, which is really a bucket essentially, and it's one of the ways that I was raised with using it is um, you use like this tiny pail or bucket thing and you just use soap and water, you wash yourself, you use a little toilet paper to dab you clean and you're good. Or you can air dry or you can use a towel. That's it. You don't need to be panic buying any toilet paper, especially since there's still regular water. I also want to mention that if you have time to stay at home and you are wanting to do a creative outlet, finally branch out to different social media. Maybe try to create a YouTube channel or a podcast. I would recommend this time to be the time for you to launch that. This is, we're constantly in a cycle of figuring out, okay, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. And this has actually been an opportunity for me to take a step back and realize there are a lot of things that I want to do, but I haven't completed yet. I have a lot of content from January I haven't uploaded. I have a lot of, especially it's taking me a lot of time because I also have to do subtitles. I have to listen to all of the video and then make sure my translation is decent enough for you to understand. I do enjoy um, creating video on, on YouTube and if you have nothing to do and you want to binge watch some of my YouTube videos, I would appreciate that. Go to youtube.com forward slash save self Chanel. I will be putting up more content later on, but as of right now, it's very limited on my time. And I am trying to balance everything else with my day job and selling online, putting content out there, still networking. And um, it's just been a crazy three months. Um, what I do want to close off with is different ways that I was able to sell 
or save and sell during my trip to the Philippines. So one of the things that I didn't do while I was in the Philippines was put my Poshmark on vacation mode. Now a lot of people don't like my technique, that's fine, everyone has a different business model, but for me personally what I did was to raise my prices higher or at least double them, continue to share my closet while I was overseas, get those likes, and then when I came back, give do an offer to liker. So I know previously I have done the vacation mode and it took me a very long time to get back on track on the algorithm for some reason. So this time around when I chose to test out my theory of just raising my prices, sharing my closet when I could, and then doing offers to likers, that's when I still was able to make sales when I came back. The other thing that I did was for eBay, I went ahead and put my ship time to about 10 days because that's when I was gone. I didn't put anything on vacation mode. The same concept happened to Mercari and Depop. I just raised my prices to prevent any um, shipping or whatnot. And that's perfectly fine. The other thing that I want to mention is that while I was in the Philippines, a lot of things were super, super cheap. So my parents paid for most of my, my items. Um, because when you're in the Philippines, you do get a senior discount. And not only that, my haircut was 80 pesos, which is a dollar and 60 cents. And then my massage, which was a full body massage for like an hour, was like $5. So when you start thinking about it, I took out $100 worth of Philipp like the equivalent to a, a Philippine pesos. But I still have a lot of that and spend a lot of my money when I was there. So I also went to an ukai ukai, which is like a secondhand thrift store there. I There were probably some good items, but I was kind of rushed because I was spending time with family. I got some three items for my own personal collection. I probably paid way too much. I should have negotiated. But there were some items that were a really good deal. I just didn't have time to look through everything to see if it was worth bringing it back to the U.S. Um, the other thing I want to mention, especially if you are traveling to the Philippines and you are not used to it, their Philippines, certain restaurants, their water is life. We get so used to having water just flushing the toilet and it goes away. A lot of parts in the Philippines, you have to fill a bucket and then you have to fill the toilet. You also, some places don't even have a toilet seat cover. You just have to hover. And then you have the concept of no toilet paper. So it was a friendly reminder of everything that I have in terms of privilege here in the United States that we take for granted, such as AC, such as um, water, toilet seats, toilet paper. And that's also why I recommend once all of this coronavirus goes down and everything's back to normal, this is why I recommend traveling outside of the country that you are living in. It will give you perspective. It will allow you to see that your life is, you, you're going to make a great difference in the world, yes. But in terms of where you are on this planet, it's very small compared to everything that's going on around us. And I really hope that more people travel to gain a better perspective and to love one another. I, when I went back from the Philippines, it made my goals of trying to be like a hustler and do all these things, it made me realize that 
I'm in a position where I have the ability to do great things. And there are still a lot of places throughout the world where they want to do great things, that they're talented, they have the skill sets, um, but they just, the jobs aren't there. And so that's where I was realizing that I'm going to try to use my platform and try to go reach my goal eventually, which my biggest goal is to own, I'm not own, but to help create foundations where they have nonprofit organizations that support people with special needs that have counselors to help understand what their talents are and in some way help them create new items, whether it's dancing or it's art, jewelry, singing, or whatever their talent may be, and use it so that they can fulfill their purpose on this planet. And that is my biggest goal. My biggest goal in life has never been to have like the best car, the best home, the best clothes. Like I don't care about that. Um, the humbling experience has always been for um, when my sister passed away of what kind of an impact am I going to have on the rest of the world. Um, so yeah. And that's what I try to focus on every day is you'll notice on my Instagram page, it's been to motivate and inspire other young women and men to get up and do something that they're passionate about. And to find that passion early on, you can do great things. For me, I didn't find anything that I was genuinely passionate about until I was about 25, 27. And it's not until recently where I really found my purpose and really found my platform that I could really shine and really share that with everyone else. So that's why I say recently I went to one of the events for NAWIC was speaking at construction careers here in San Antonio and talking about my path to women or young women who are in high school who are trying to figure out what they're going to do. What was amazing about that construction careers is that from eighth grade on until their high school, they're on a path dedicated to careers in construction, whether it's engineering, whether it's architecture, plumbing, electrical, welding, whatever it may be, construction management. And so they start from eighth grade all the way till their seniors in high school. They get all of the experience. So by the time they're already, they start interning at the age of 16. So by the time they're 18, they have so much more experience than all of those other people getting out of high school, scrambling to learn it, and then going out into the field. So I was so impressed by the amount of information and knowledge that they had because Growing up, I was raised to not know the basics um, when it comes to construction or or anything like that. And the reason being is I, you know, I was raised in a time where people thought you go to college, you're gonna make money, you can hire anyone to do any of those basic jobs that you need. But now that I'm an adult and I'm realizing that I really wish I had the chance to learn these trades so I could fix it myself, that's going to save a lot more money down the line. And not only that, working with your hands, problem solving, these tasks of being a plumber, electrician, HVAC person, like these are these are trades that we need, desperately need. And I feel like in society, a lot of people have uh, misconceptions about what kind of opportunities there are in all honesty 
a lot of the people who go into trades are not in as much debt as people who have gone to college, gotten a degree, and don't know anything, and then end up with a mountain of debt that they're still trying to pay off. So I'm not saying that I'm encouraging to people encouraging people to go into trades. What I am saying is that it's a new economy. What we put people think that, oh, if you go to college, it's the end-all be-all. You're going to have a job, you'll be good. The end-all be-all is realizing that so many people went to college but forgot about all the people who are building the homes, building the roads, fixing our cars. They forgot about all of that. And because we're so desperate for people who are willing to even learn, um, that people are giving free training, that says a lot about where we are in society today. And my biggest thing that I always tell people, and when I mentioned to those students when I was talking, was that if you... I know a lot of you want to be an influencer or Instagram or I'm going to be a YouTuber. I, ch- I tried to show them that you can work in construction. You can have a stable day job with benefits to make your parents happy. But at the end of the day, if you still want to have work-life balance, if you want to have something where you can cultivate your creativity, you can still do that. Because I have shown you that it is doable whether or not you want to have a blog, you want to have a YouTube, you want to have an Instagram, you want to have a podcast, you want to network, you want to talk to people. It is doable. It is all about time management and having the passion to do it. So, excuse me. I've been talking for a long time, and it's like 9.32 a.m. I didn't even mention that today is March 14th, 2020, and yesterday was March 13th, Friday the 13th, and this whole week has been extremely weird, but um, as we had the time change, there was a full moon, it was Friday the 13th, the coronavirus went crazy, and um, through all of this, I, I feel that if you are at home quarantined, with your family, find a moment of sanity, read a book, get something that you're passionate about, write down some things that you've always wanted to do, you always wanted to dream about, see how you can make that dream a reality, because my current state, I am in a position where I never thought I would ever be, and I put on my Instagram, if you're not already following me on Instagram.com forward slash save.sell.chanel, please do, that's where I mostly post every single day in regards to anything motivational or some of my tips. Um, But I want to mention that this is the time for you to better yourself. This is the time for you to write down your goals and your dreams. Um, Like I told this, um, posted on my Instagram, I said, I went from being the girl who was quiet in the back of the class, hoping the professor or teacher never saw me. I just wanted to fly by, just get maybe a data entry job, and no one ever talked to me for the rest of my life. And if you saw, if the little girl saw who I was today, she'd probably be shocked because I don't, I don't do everything that I used to do when I was a kid, um, which was don't speak unless you're spoken to. Um, Make sure you don't intimidate other people Make sure that you only share your opinions if it's asked. Things like that. Um, Whereas now, if you want to create change, if you have an opinion, if we're not sharing our ideas in a positive way, we are not moving forward together. So I went from being that girl who's sitting in the corner in the back quiet to the woman at the front of the class sharing her story. 
And the only way I was able to do that and progress from being mortified at talking in public, like, I remember my first time I had to make a public speech or talk in front of the class when I was in eighth grade, like, I was shaking and it was so bad, like, I didn't even know what topic I was talking about. I remember just being horrible at public speaking and the only way I got better and better and better at it was going out to events where I knew absolutely no one and I was like nervous the whole time and I even went to the Aussie Details event at Kendra Scott yesterday just spending time and seeing friends but like I was nervous for some reason I was shaking and that's still even though people think I'm like look fine and confident like for some reason my body is shaking because I get so nervous and like what should I do next like I'm socially awkward it just becomes a lot of things that as long as you're constantly getting out of your comfort zone you build on that you build connections you build your confidence then it will get better over time. And so that's how I was able to finally be able to um, sit, stand in front of people and share my story. And doing Potion Sip events, doing Potion Coffee events, that's really going to benefit you to be in a room with people that ha- you have things in common, but at the same time, build your confidence enough to do public speaking. So I'm going to go ahead and leave the podcast here. I hope that you all have a wonderful week. Please be safe out there. Don't do anything stupid. Panic. Uh, like, like there's no need to panic. And my biggest thing that I've been saying, especially on my Instagram, is faith over fear. I do believe in a higher power. If you don't believe in the goodness of men and women, believe in your fellow citizens, whatever it may be. But we don't need to be panicking, people. Whatever happens, happens. And I really want you to know that if you're freaked out and you need someone to talk to, you can always DM me or email me at savesellchanel.com at gmail.com. And I'm here to help guide you along the way. So I hope you have a wonderful week and that you will find different ways to save and sell one day at a time.